ever dreamt of quitting your job and traveling the world? Like most people, we did too, and even tried it out. We're sharing our journey with a podcast and a blog. Welcome to Live Let Rome, a travel podcast. I'm Christy. And this is Eric. Join us on our travel adventures as we look to educate and inspire you to travel more and get the most out of each travel experience. Welcome to episode 18 of Live Let Rome. We are ready to talk about other things besides the cats in Izmir, although they may make an appearance or two. We'll also recap some interesting events, sites, and tasty food options in Izmir, as well as our side trip to Ephesus. In the Fetier episode, we mentioned some bumps in the road when visiting Turkey, such as navigating the language barrier, different environments, and different cultural norms. You'll hear about some of those stories today and our adjustments. It was a 180 degree change from when I first arrived where I was like, get me out of here. From the bus station up to our hotel, a little rough around the edges. The first 24 hours we had the disturbance in the hotel, which was weird. And I really wanted to leave. But I'll say up through the two weeks staying there and today reflecting, it really opened up over time. After you get through those few bumps, you can actually see the bright side of the city and all the great things it has to offer. Yeah, those rough edges smoothed down a little bit upon reflection. Where are we? Izmir, located in the center of the western coast of Turkey, sits cradled in a deep indentation off the Aegean Sea. It is located just about 188 miles east and less than one degree north of Athens, Greece. Izmir is the third largest city in Turkey, with a population just over 3 million residents, which is equivalent to the U.S. state of Arkansas. Get ready for some quick facts. Izmir has 3,000 years of recorded history, and there is evidence of human settlement for about 8,000 years. Its Greek name of Smyrna lasted from classic antiquity until 1930. Some say the name Smyrna comes from a seductive Amazon of the same name. It is most likely due to its chief export of myrrh, which is native to the Middle East and North Africa. Izmir has a tragic history in the Greco-Turkish War, which ended in 1922. Many lives were needlessly lost and most of the city was burned. Today, 99 acres of that burnt area was turned into culture park. Ephesus was once the second biggest city of the Roman Empire, and it holds great historical value in Christianity due to being the last residence of the Virgin Mary and St. John. Ephesus, a UNESCO World Heritage Site, was home to one of the seven wonders of the ancient world, the Temple of Artemis. How to get around. The easiest way to get to Izmir is to fly, but there are also several options of ferries from the Greek islands to the coastal cities of Turkey. Once in these cities, you can take a dolmas or hop on a bus as we did for a great price. Within the city itself, there is a network of buses and trains to navigate around. It is very walkable as well, but we preferred the tram. So let me tell you about the bus lines in Turkey. Unique experience all around, but a good experience. Started off a little bumpy though when we went from Fethiye to Pamakali itself. We took the local bus line. Now, the cheaper one. Yeah, the cheaper one, but it was the one I went in with the broken language, said, Hey, we're going to Pamakali. I bought the ticket. I didn't know there was a difference. 
Lo and behold, we're on that cheap bus going to Pamakali. We look out the window and there's a bus line that says Pamakali right on the side of the bus, which is an official line, which we learned later, of Turkey. It's one of their main bus lines, which actually operates more like an airline. So from that point forward to Izmir, we took the Pamakali bus line and throughout Turkey we did, which was a good decision. A lot like an airline, they had carts that went down the aisle, they served food and beverages, complimentary. In fact, they even had ice cream. At some point at the end of the trip, they're giving you ice cream. But it was still without its turkey little interesting quirks. For example, they did hand splashes of cologne to everyone on the bus. Which That's how was, they started off every trip was the bus cologne. Like I'm talking like a half cup of cologne in your hand. Just like pour it on your hand. Like what do I do with this? And you, supposedly you splash it on your face and it's unique. Also, when you wanted to take a nap like you do on long bus rides, you usually put a blanket, lay down in my lap. And they basically walked by and said, it is forbidden. And I say it like that because that's how it came across. And we heard this phrase throughout Turkey. It is forbidden. And it kind of looked at us like we were doing something wrong. I don't know if it was safety or if it was like kind of suggestive that you were lying in my lap. But it was safety. He said for safety reasons, but we were laughing at the whole time. It was pretty funny. And then everywhere, you know, throughout Turkey in the elevator and things, you see it written. It is forbidden. <laughs> Got to put that laugh after That's like it. a Bond villain you sound yeah, like. Yeah, exactly. It was unique. And Pamukkale bus line, hands down, the only way to travel around bus around Turkey. And still pretty inexpensive. It was a good experience and I'm glad we did it. Where we stayed and for how long? In Izmir, there were tons of options of affordable hotels. We chose one in the Konak neighborhood due to its close distance to transportation and things to do. We felt more comfortable with the hotel option as opposed to Airbnb, and we spent about $40 a night for our two-week stay. The hotel we stayed at did have some bumps in the road right from the get-go. It was unique. It was a nice place. When you walked in, looked good. However, there was construction. I think part of the ceiling inside was collapsing due to a pipe burst or a leak. So right off the bat, you're like, what is going on here? We went up to the room. We looked. There was a leak on the floor. We actually had to move to a lower level. And so it was a little bit dodgy from the beginning. It turned out better, I would say, throughout the two-week stay, but it started off with a few bumps in the road. If Fethiye was our first real OF moment, then Ishmir was our second. So our first night there, we had gotten to our hotel, and we were a little relieved to see that the area on the other side of the tracks was more normal and walkable, and there was a beautiful park. Going to sleep that first night, we were ready to start exploring and kind of getting into our usual routine. Middle of the night, we wake up to loud noises and an angry man yelling outside the door. First thing I do, I go, oh my God, is the deadbolt lock. I hurry up and go turn on the deadbolt, make sure that's locked quietly to make sure nobody's banging on our door. And once we realize a couple things after listening in, even though we don't understand Turkish, we can hear that it's pretty much a drunk man. We're hearing this whole scenario probably about 20 to 30 minutes when the cops come and are talking this man off a cliff. We really have no clue what's going on. 
And Eric is freaking out by this point. He's like, oh, I knew it. We shouldn't have come here. Whatever the case is, we should just go and continue on to Bulgaria. And then basically for the next day or two, I was talking him off that cliff. So it was a little bit jarring. Turns out the next morning we touch base with our hotel folks, which you can see are a little still shaken, to find out what happened was there was a man who, I guess you have to understand the aspect that alcohol is not plentiful in Turkey and it's not a traditional thing where everybody drinks. So this man had a little bit too much to imbibe and wanted to purchase some more alcohol. He was then refused that alcohol by the person who was working the night desk and said, you know, we're not going to sell you any more stuff. Well, he didn't like that answer and proceeded to throw a hissy fit about it. And that hissy fit resulted in the cops coming down saying, you know what, you got to cut this crap out. And he got kicked out of the hotel. The lady was safe. We were happy to hear about that. And we were wondering like, okay, hopefully this won't be a common occurrence. But after this night, we had no problems. And the staff themselves did everything they can to make sure they took care of us. Even when we would work in the lobby one day, one of the staff members brought us fruit from there. It was a little green plum and he shared it with us because it was ripening around that time. So I really did appreciate the time and quality they came to make up for the little hiccups in the road. All right, it's time to talk about our standout moments in Izmir. Eric, you're up first. So let's start with the location of Izmir Central. It's a great crossroads of Turkey. It's also on the coast. There was some green space, boardwalk along the water, which was great. The light rail, which also follows the water to their very fancy mall, which we spent some time at to just get away of the urban part of Izmir. I like the aspect of the words on the coast. It was less touristy than we'll talk about in the next episode when we talk about Istanbul. You see a lot less tourists. So you feel a little bit more authentic Turkish life. And then I would say the food is another standout moment of Izmir. It was my favorite food across Turkey, the most consistent, the most variety, very tasty and affordable food. We had some amazing roast chicken with this garlic butter. It was at the Izmir Park Mall. How do you say that? Isteni Park. Isteni Park Mall, which was a cool place in itself. And the food was great. Also, you had that poached chicken over rice with tomatoes and olive oil. Just really good, authentic, tasty food. Not your average food court. Yeah, and you get table oregano, which I like. Oh, yeah, yeah. They had all the seasonings and different... Oh, remember those people eating that soup that looked like a cloud? I still don't know what that was. We still don't. I think it's like (laughs) hot yogurt soup. We never figured that one out. Yeah, these guys were eating this soup and it looked like a big bowl of whipped cream. It was interesting. We didn't try that. The food was pretty tasty. We also stumbled on this place near Culture Park called Team Hummus. It was really, really good. For like three and a half dollars, you walk away with a... Somewhat like a Lebanese bento box is the best way to describe it, where you get hummus, of course, you get tabbouleh salad, you get chicken shawarma, you get pita, you get a lemon mint drink, you get all these things. It was like three and a half dollars. It was enough to split. I think we even split one and fed the cats with some of the meat. 
Oh, they should definitely bring that to Michigan. <laughs> yeah, Team Hummus, uh, I'm telling you, the place was fantastic and seemed healthy and tasty. And then last but not least, for dessert, I enjoyed this dessert called the Brownie Intense, which is really just a like a candy bar. Convenience stores, the Shooks and the other stores that they had, their version of 7-Eleven. What is the Brownie Intense? Brownie Intense is basically a piece of brownie, a small piece of brownie that has like caramel or chocolate inside, and then it's dipped in chocolate. And so it's just chocolate on chocolate with caramel and chocolate inside. It's just what you want for a snack. Okay, my favorite is when you ask one of the convenience store clerks if he likes the Brownie Intense, and he was like, eh, okay. fine. It's okay. <laughs> I couldn't stop cracking up over that. I was like, aren't these good? Because I bought them. They come in a bag. You can get a bag of like 20 in one bag, like the fun size version. And I totally bought one. And we took them on the bus. And they were great in between traveling. Just have these little sweet treats around. Very tasty. So the food in Ishmir, two thumbs up. Really enjoyed it. One of my standout moments, I know Eric mentioned it, was the Istanyi Mall. And this mall is a large mall. We took the tram to get there. And off this tram line is a beautiful garden area right in front of the mall. And just over the edge, it's a major bus depot. So it's a center point of a lot of different things going on. When you get inside, there's beautiful, colorful shops, wonderful clothing. But the food courts were on par with some of the best. Now, you had, they have their traditional food court on the third floor. Typically, you go there, you see your traditional Tavooks, which is often chicken places. But my favorite was this lower level meal area. And I compare it to being a little bit like a little village in Disneyland. They had these wide, massive trees. They had these quaint little shops, all superly ornate from little dessert places. And they had wonderful, tasty food there. Yeah, and they also had the gourmet shopping places as well. So you could go in like their Whole Foods, essentially. And if you recall, we were looking at the prosciutto because it's a Muslim country, right? And the prosciutto was like $28 a pack. Ham is not a big deal in Turkey. So you can get ham and you can get alcohol there, but you're probably going to pay more for it. And it's not going to be a whole lot interesting. And when I went to look at the alcohol, this security guard actually was like tailing me. It was so funny. It must be a high theft item, but you can get the pork, you can get the alcohol, but not advised in Turkey. So this is where we got that good uh, shredded chicken over white rice down here. There was a nice chicken rotisserie. They had wonderful little restaurants, even specialty desserts where you can get your Turkish delight and other gourmet treats. Now, my next standout moment would be some of the traditional sites. So in Ishmir, we did take a standout trip to Ephesus, and we'll address that in a separate standout moment because that is some of the most amazing sites. But right in downtown Ishmir, you do have some options. In Ishmir, you can go to some open-air ruins of the ancient city of Smyrna, just in walking distance of downtown. And even when you go there, most of every ruin, you'll find a little cuddly sweet cat there. I can't guarantee you a cat, but I can probably bet that there will be one. We actually said it was its job, right? So each of these temples, we saw it in Greece, we saw it in Turkey, there's usually a dog and or a cat, and they're guarding the entrance. That's what we did on foot. We walked in one direction. In another direction, you can head off to the historic clock tower. And as you're going to the clock tower, it takes you through the Kemalralti Bazaar. And this bazaar, it almost seems never ending. You're walking and you have these covered. You're walking in all these different directions and you're seeing these little shops. You get a real flavor and authenticity to the city and historic 
historical roots of this place through these bazaars, even though you're going to find modern products from shirts, t-shirts, snacks, candies, and various other treats. Yeah, it was a good time and a must-see. So weird. There was a few things that struck us as strange, different, unusual in Turkey, across Turkey. And it started actually in our hotel. We were at breakfast. They had a pretty decent buffet breakfast in the morning. Lo and behold, there's this guy with a bandage wrapped around his head. And we looked at the top of his scalp and it was bleeding. So he had a bloody scalp at breakfast. And later we found out that this was part of medical tourism in Turkey. Men go to get hair transplants. Women get plastic surgery, other procedures done, but they are pretty much all over Turkey. You see people like that, even at the breakfast table, which was kind of gross, but also pretty pretty strange and different. Maybe not the most appetizing to eat with your breakfast, but I mentioned no real outside tourists, but you get the medical tourism, which is a little bit different. And Ishmir is a little bit more affordable city for that. So that we learned from our friend Casey that we met at the culture park about the hair implant gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, we had all, several at our hotel. All over Turkey and all parts that we started to notice and we should know what to look for. The other thing that was funny was that one time when I was helping you with your backpack going on the on the bus or the train, I forget, we were going to Ephesus, right? Mm-hmm. And so I was helping you with the backpack. You're like, help me, my backpack's slipping. So I went and go adjust it. And this lady, she heard her say help, smacked me like in the back as if I was assaulting her, which I wasn't clearly, but it was just funny. There's like these miscommunications. I mean, the lady was really being helpful to Christy, so I appreciate that. But I had no idea I was really just helping with your backpack. So That was my favorite moment. I call it my Turkish Nana that was looking out for me. And I felt that kind of endearing. Just It was, of course, a language translation thing. But the fact that someone, obviously, I had no clue and would just stand up and give a little swat to him to make sure that he's treating me right and he's not doing anything he shouldn't be doing. Yeah, and just kind of parted ways after that. But it was pretty funny. On the menu, too, you'll find some unusual dishes. I think we talked about the cloudy whipped cream soup. Yogurt, I think. Yogurt. But there's also soups like lamb brain soup or meat juice soup, which is basically just, I don't know what. I think it's just almost a literal (laughs) translation of what broth is. And if you think about it, it's pretty much meat juice juice soup. soup. But lamb lamb brain soup. I didn't try it. It just didn't sound that appetizing. Next, Culture Park. We talked a lot about it. Chrissy, tell us your thoughts on it. We talked about Culture Park in our cat episode, and it was still a fantastic thing besides the cats. We have made a whole episode about that, but we liken the park to Central Park. And it has a really large running walking track around the edge so you can get some exercise. It has several spots where you can sit. There's fountains, there's little garden areas, and even little spots where they have cushions out there that sometimes the cats partake in as well along with the humans. And what's really great about the park, there is also run down a little bit playland slash amusement park and they had this fabulous haunted house with these old school ornaments and my favorite was the witch on a broom that went around in a circle just cheesy it looked like out of the 50s or 60s it hasn't changed like a time capsule amusement park really really funny 
Yeah, um, and let's not forget what at the park we happened to be there at the time where there was a local festival going on. At that festival, there was a lot of different variety of music. There was vendors also as well. So some of the music was more traditional. You had some dabki dances and some cultural dances. Then you had also an EDM concert and some DJ sets that we really enjoyed. Yeah, yeah, it was it was good and it was fun and easy entertainment. Just walking through the park after petting the kittens, going to Team Hummus, and then you see some music on the way. So it was pretty pretty cool. Also, another cute thing that we did love is while they were setting up for the park, they were setting up bouncy houses for the children, and the stray dogs in the park were playing against the bouncy houses as they would inflate. And this is probably on our first or second day, so we didn't realize these were stray dogs. We're just like, who let their dogs go wild in the park? And then we realized they live here. This is their spot. It was part of their party, and they had some frogs along the, the boggy water. It it was was... a park that had different necks of the woods. You can get your biking area, you got your running area, you got your little kitten center, but also you had this bog marsh. But it was cool. And it was a large park. How many acres was it? I'm not quite sure, but we did mention in the quick facts that the park is some of the site of the old burnt Smyrna, the old downtown. But it's no joke. It's a serious park and it gets you connection all the way throughout the city. One of the main things to do if you're staying in Ishmael is take that day trip to Ephesus. Ephesus is located about one hour south of Ishmael, and you can reach this ancient city by a tour bus, or it can be done very cheaply on your own by just taking the train to Selshuk and then a Dolmus to Ephesus for a lot less. The first time we tried to head to Ephesus, I think they had torrential rains they hadn't seen in a very long time. So we Biblical had, rains. Which was kind of funny because <laughs> it's a biblical city. But yeah, they had biblical rains of flooding. So we had to wait a couple days to the rain subsided before we could head out again. When we did get there, it's rather simple. It probably takes about an hour and change to get there through the transport. Really easy to get to. Everything about this city is wonderful. You get to navigate so many different ruins. It gives you a tiniest little peek of those classical times, and it will leave you absolutely awestruck. Yeah, I've never seen so many historical buildings and structures of quality in one place. Brownie intense. We're talking classical antiquity. And when you're thinking about these classical times, you really truly feel that city aspect. And one of the first things you want to head to in the city of Ephesus is the Library of Celsus. And on the Library of Celsus, you see there's a recreated facade and it's absolutely stunning. It rises above with its giant columns and you see statues and it gives you a sense of being a true time traveler. And actually just on the outside, of course, we met a friendly little ruins cat who began to play with us while we're getting a sip of water in the Turkish June heat. Yeah, the library's right at the center of Ephesus and you really get the enormity of the place and these the library towers over you inside and out you walk through, but you really feel you're somewhere different. This is something 
that you'll always remember. It's definitely a memorable moment. If you're looking up a picture of Ephesus, that picture typically is this library that you're seeing. Right. Another great thing is when you're thinking about, oh my God, all the history, then you get these actors. It's kind of Recreating li- Caesar or whatever. Some live action players. We're in the middle of town and we hear some music and we're running towards it and everybody's filtering there. And then we see these folks in ancient Egyptian garb and walking down and you see these actors as Anthony and Cleopatra (laughs) recreating their time that they visited Ephesus back in the day. It was fantastic. It was pretty cheesy, but it was cool. Just the same. It was funny for the kids, I think, giving them... We're big kids, anyway. Yeah. For the kids, it was for me. Uh, I don't know. The strollers were on a beeline to this. It actually freed up some of the sites. So if you're not interested in the role-playing, it actually just frees up a lot of people. You could take better pictures. It was funny. The music they had, I, th- I think we got a clip you can play. It was pretty cheesy sounding, but it was good. <laughs> little scenario that they came and do this dramatic walk through with Antony and Cleopatra and they have these gladiator fight that like happened. a fake fight all choreographed like gladiator where with the leap with the sword and the whole thing <laughs> of oh. course we watched it we of didn't... course <laughs> another thing is one of the first advertisements for a brothel yeah. so we call it an early street sign it's located in one of the stone pathways and it's something like a foot ahead of a woman and a heart and a little purse You can explore Ephesus for hours, and there's really lots to see. And there's even this covered section where they have the aristocratic houses. They have wonderful mosaics. It's actually a nice safety away from the heat if you're going in the warmer months. That's right. And as far as the heat, be sure to wear white clothing if possible. Make sure you have a hat, sunscreen, bring tons of water. I think we broke down and bought some water at the canteen and some ice cream. We were so hot. It does get pretty warm there. I think we were late June. If you're a tourist, unlike this tourist we saw, the old man who just took off his shirt (laughs) and had his shorts, maybe a little bit inappropriate. Yeah, but but, uh, each to their own, right? Last thing to see, a little bit farther away from the city, First Church of the Virgin Mary. It's one of the last areas that you'll find. Ephesus is actually mentioned in the Bible several times. And it is the last location that the Virgin Mary stayed, and it was the first church created for her. It's pretty much in ruins. What was great is that these massive fig and pomegranate trees that it felt like they could have been almost hundreds of thousands of years old. It gives you a nice feeling of history and awe. The church was actually one of my favorite places in Ephesus besides the library because they actually had the altar, and it had this sense of, Really, antiquity dating back hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. Really unique, a must-see, and it's off the beaten path. Definitely commit to at least a full day in Ephesus. Wear comfortable shoes, light clothes, and pack a lot of water and some snacks. You'll need it. Yeah. Although there's some nice areas to eat in the downtown. Yeah, afterwards we ate Mm -hmm. Solchuk. Yeah, we had a really nice restaurant right on the outskirts, and it was really authentic. A lot of roasted eggplant, and yeah, it was pretty good. 
Oh, yeah. In the downtown of Selshuk, that's where you visit the site of the ruins of the Temple of Artemis. The Temple of Artemis is not at Ephesus. It's further away. It is a wonderful thing. It would be our second ancient wonder that we visited on this trip. The one thing, if I was to do this again, this entire trip, I would stay a few days in Selshuk. Time for some Q&A. Eric, what did you like best about Ishmir and what did you like the least? I would say Culture Park is probably one of my favorite parts of Izmir. It's the centerpiece of the city. It leads to all the great neighborhoods you want to see. You got cats and dogs, kittens running around. You have people, music, good street food. And it's just a great place to relax. So I loved Culture Park. And that's one of the main things to do and see around Izmir. I would agree. The variety of things that you can experience just by heading towards the park, if you catch a festival, if you want to head to the amusement park, or get some exercise, or visit those lovely little babies. (laughs) I think it's a wonderful destination for a variety of things. The other thing that I loved about Ishmira is something that it's almost the best food of pretty much the whole trip, besides Greece. I did love Greece. But some of those meals I crave to this day. Ishmir was definitely the best city that we found the variety of food that we really did truly enjoy in Turkey overall. Yes, very, very tasty food. All right, time for the least. What did you think? I would say just be aware of where you're staying in Ishmir. I would stay near Culture Park. Look for the Starbucks. I know this sounds silly, but stay near the Starbucks. That's where we found some of the better restaurants and places to stay near there. We ended up gravitating towards there. On the other side of the trains tracks, and you'll see that, the neighborhoods were a little sketch, a little Catania-like. If you listen back to our episode 10, it just didn't seem put together at all. So you could stay in the wrong neighborhood and, and be out of luck and maybe even unsafe. Not saying it is unsafe, but it didn't look safe. The neighborhood where the Starbucks is, is the northwestern side of the park. There was a lot of different variety of restaurants available. We did pass some great hotel situations there that were wonderful. Oh, remember Ozoots too, that gelato place? That's exactly why. It was so good. There was this gelato dessert place, Ozoots, I want to say it. Delicious and really unique flavors. So good food across this mirror. Okay, the least thing I liked about Ishmir was I really wish that the cats and dogs had a more structured way to help manage the populations. That something that really has caught my heart this whole time. The red tape regarding the caring for these creatures is something that I see is the biggest hindrance and detriment to this city that I can think of because it's such a beautiful city. I just really wish that these animals had a little better care. I agree. Now you bring up something heartfelt and I bring up gelato. (laughs) So what's up with that? No, I I totally agree with what Christy's saying. I wish there was a little bit more attention placed on the animals across Turkey. Would you plan to return? And if yes, what else would you like to do and or see? I would say other cities across Turkey. I don't know if I'd go right back to Izmir, maybe as for a night or two. I think we mentioned Selçuk would be another town to stay near Ephesus. There's other small towns on the coast that I would like to stay and just just explore more. I don't know if I'd spend the two weeks again in Izmir, but I definitely have to go back and see those kitties and give them some love. (laughs) They're part of my life now. But I think we would like to stay on some of the coastal cities to enjoy if we happen to be in nicer weather like Kusadesi 
and Selshuk, which is about 20 minutes for each other. And if you're coming in by cruise ship, this is often your entryway to get to Ephesus is through Kusidesi, which is a big cruise port. So I would stay in some of those surrounding cities, Bodrum. There's a lot of those coastal cities that connect also with the Greek islands that I would like to visit. Oh, I also, if I get my hair transplant, I could do it in Izmir. Sweet! Woo! I get new teeth, you get new get hair. Get the scalpel out. I'll be eating my hard-boiled eggs with a bloody head. It'd be good. <laughs> Absolutely. Wrapping it up, what have we learned today? Your present circumstances don't determine where you can go. They merely determine where you start. And that quote is by Nudo Cubing? I'm not quite sure how to say that. Unknown. Unknown. No. <laughs> Mentioning again, I'm going to kick off with don't let an initial negative moment flavor the rest of your experience. Make an intentional decision to change your outlook. Explore local festivals, parks, and neighborhoods, and you'll discover things that can become your new favorites. Be prepared to run into a cat or two and bring a little kibble wherever you go. Kitties are everywhere. Ephesus is 100% worth the visit. Spend a full day there to explore jaw-dropping sights. Our next city or country is going to be Shanakale and Istanbul, Turkey. Remember, our goal is to educate and to inspire you to take your next adventure near or far. So what are you waiting for? Thank you for tuning in to Live Let Rome. Visit our website for more to see and read at liveletrome.com. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Simply search Live Let Rome. Our podcast is free wherever you listen. Be sure to subscribe. To support Live Let Rome, please rate and review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Feel free to drop us an email at liveletrome at gmail.com and include your show questions, recommendations, or to share your travel adventures. So until next time, get out and roam.